0: So if there's anything, you just hand signal. Bismillahi r-Rahmani r-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi, shakirin wa salatu ala Sayyid al-Mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad, tibbil quloobi wa dawaiha wa nuril absari wa diya'iha wa afiyatil abdani wa shifa'iha. Alhamdulillah الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون الحمد لله we are in the masjid JIC, JIC Masjid Woodlands Road in Birmingham and as arranged for the 27th night of Ramadan in accordance with the moon sighting in the country of Morocco we have chosen the subject of Al-Quran Al-Kareem, The Ultimate Miracle. Now this subject is broad and seeing that we have Taraweeh prayer being led, alhamdulillah, by a local hafiz of the Quran, we will attempt to cover as much of this subject as is possible today. Firstly, with regard to this subject, this subject is broad, ijazul Quran, the miracles of Al Quranul Kareem, or the mir- miraculous nature or the miraculous aspect of Al Quranul And of course, non Muslims and former Muslims or critics of Islam, they criticize Muslims with regard to this subject and attempt to find fault with Al Quranul Some examples of this, which I jotted down in Al Quran Al Karim Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says min bayni sulbi watara'ib when describing the liquid which a human being is created from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says yakhruju that it exits min bayni sulbi that this liquid exits from a sulb which is the which is translated as the back which is the chest of a woman so the objection is that the quran now has contradicted science because we know that semen does not come from the back from the chest and likewise the uh, the egg by which which is fertilized in the womb of a woman does not come from the chest so they say this is a contradiction Al Quran al Karim with science. This is one of the many examples y- you would find on videos people make in order to contradict Islam, in order to contradict Al Quran al Karim with modern science. But these type of objections are faulty in their nature s- slightly because some Muslims may interpret these verses in a way which is not in the correct methodology, but also because the Meanings of the words are not observed correctly. One of the main aspects of the study of Al Quran Al is the linguistical uh, discussions, the discussions revolving around the words, the specific words in Al Quran Al Karim. So the word asulb, as- if someone says it just means the back, and they say that the semen does not come from the back, and they object to the Quran. This is a simplistic translation of Al-Qur'anul-Kareem يَخْرُجُ مِنْ بَيْنِ A sulb should be translated as the loins but the real meaning of this verse if you check the verse pri- prior to it it mentions uh, مَا إِنْ دَافِق It does not mention semen it mentions مَا إِنْ دَافِقْ مَا is water. مَا إِنْ دَافِق That a water meaning the some aspect of the semen is described as being ma, which is water. And this water, the Quran tells us that the origin of the water comes from the loins. Now that, that means the region from the backbone to the coccyx bone, the base of the spine, from that region, we know that the, uh, the nature of the sperm is to be created around that area before it disseminates into the other parts of the bodily organs. So there is no contradiction between what we know empirically from science and from scientific study. Likewise, one of the former non, uh, former Muslims, he made an objection that the Quran states that the mountains are pegs that stop the earth from shaking. And he states, this contradicts modern science because with modern science, we know that the tectonic plates cause earthquakes when in reality the Qur'an describes a rawa- the mountains as a Rawasi a Rawasi is translated by people as pegs or that which holds something down and if these Rawasi, these pegs were removed the Qur'an states that the earth would convulse and the wording used for this is a very specific word Antamida from to, to convulse not to earthquake because the correct word in arabic for zalzal for earthquakes is zalzala so the quran is not saying that zalzala which is earthquakes are caused by mountains not being uh, firm in the ground it is saying that the, one of the the purposes of the creation of mountains or the wisdom behind the creation of mountains is that those mountains are embedded into the ground and it stops the earth from convulsing. This is uh, the correct meaning of that. Likewise, a third sample uh, which I jotted down was in Suratul Kahf, in chapter number 18 of al quran al Kareem, the story of Dhul Qarnayn which some of them erroneously translate as Alexander, but in the Quran, it does not state that this was Alexander of Macedonia. What it mentions is that Dhul Qarnayn he traveled to the west and he came to an area which is described with word Ain, which is a bodily a body of water, and a dark body of water, or a muddy body of water. And observing that, observing the horizon, he saw the sun setting in the west. And the Quran states that the sun was setting in a muddy spring. So some of these detractors of Islam. Critics of Islam, they say the Quran is telling us that the sun sets in a muddy spring. This is of course incorrect. The meaning is that when Dhul Qarnain was traveling, he reached a point where there was a body of water observing the horizon, he saw that the sun was setting below the horizon uh, from the observation into a muddy muddy spring or a body of water. Now these are three examples given in order that we move on to the correct methodology of understanding what is the actual miracle of al-quran al-karim what miraculous uh, aspects are they found in al-quran al uh, w- what we would also note is that the objections in fact lead us to appreciation of al-quran al-karim for instance an objection why does the quran not have a contents page like modern books uh, modern books you go to the contents page you go, the subject matter is written, you go to that page. But in the Quran, we find that throughout the Quran, we start with Suratul al-Fatiha to Suratul al-Nas. The Quran moves from subject to subject. So the, uh, the objection is, why is the Quran not composed like a modern book? But the response is simple, that how books were composed differ from time to time, from every century, If you read books which were written in the Middle Ages, they are different to books written today. And the way books will be written in hundreds of years from now will be different to the way they are written in the modern age. Therefore, the Quran has its own uh, unique compilation. But how and what is unique about this compilation? That the theme of the Quran is one. So irrelevant to the chapter, surah, the theme of the Quran is one theme. What is that? Making humanity realize and recognize their servitude to their creator. This is the theme So the Quran when it brings in different subjects, it mentions those various subjects in order to Incite the mind of the listener and his heart to know or her heart to know that The creator is addressing me. This is the theme of the Quran even though specific chapters of the Quran will have an overwhelming theme like Suratul Hujurat is the social chapter of the Quran telling us uh, how to uh, Form communities and remove any illnesses within our communities Suratul Hujurat Suratul nur is the chapter which describes the uh, the repugnant nature of uh, adultery or those types of sins and the good nature and angelic nature of avoiding those types of sins or Suratul Baqarah has a specific theme. Uh, Surah At-Tawbah has a specific theme. Each chapter has a theme, overwhelming theme. But the common underlying theme throughout the Quran is bringing people back to the worship of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So uh, additional objections, you'll note, initially someone hearing the objection, they may think this is objection, sounds right. But when they concentrate, they will realize the objection in fact strengthens the Quran like the objection regarding qiraat. People ask, why do you need different qiraat or what is described as ahruf in the hadith, even though there is a distinction between the ahruf and the qiraat, but they will say, why is the Quran recited in different ways? This, in fact, reinforces the truthfulness of the Quran. How, very simply put, that if a human being wrote a poem, and the poem was re- recited in seven different ways, you will find that the meanings would end up changing. From dialect to dialect, the meanings would change because this is human speech. But what we notice with the 10 Qiraat, because in total there are 10, that the meanings of Al-Quranul do not do not change and the Qiraat do not contradict one another. So this in fact is the miraculous aspect of the Quran that a text is recited in 10 different ways, 10 qiraat, yet the Quran does not contradict, the 10 qiraat do not contradict one another and the eloquence is not harmed. So if someone had the works of Shakespeare and they recited those works in 10 different ways, the eloquence would be interrupted. The eloquence would be done away with. But because this is the the speech, divine speech of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He revealed the Quran and permitted the recitation of the Quran in different various ways, which do not contradict one another. So the objection becomes a point of strength. Or for instance, uh, they may mention some of them that the huruf muqattaat, the severed letters that come in the beginning of the chapters like alif, lam meem, ha, meem, saad, yaseen, qaf, noon, all these letters, they say these are meaningless why are they placed in the quran this is the initial objection but when you respond and what is the response you will notice that the strength of the quran uh, the belief of the believer is increased the response is very simple the response is that when these letters were recited to the pagans in mecca al-mukarrama noon qaf alif Lam, this was to say to them that these letters you possess, and these letters, the Muslims know them also. If you believe this Quran is man-made, and written and concocted by men, then you can use those, utilize those letters and challenge the Quran. But they were unable to do so. So when the Quran was recited, and the haruf muqattaat were recited, alif lam this was a warning to them. Alif is a letter, laam is a letter, meme is a letter, ha is a letter, meme is a letter. 14 letters are dotted in the Arabic language and 14 letters are not dotted. If you include the ya as an undotted letter, 14 and 14, so 28 letters in total. And then you measure the, the letters in the haruf muqatta'at, they are balanced, meaning dotted and undotted letters, an equal number, equal amount. So they are told, these are the letters. If you believe the Quran is made, then you make something like this also. So this objection, again, is fruitless. Or for instance, the objection of repetition. They have an objection that the Quran repeats itself. Stories are repeated. So the story of Musa is repeated throughout al-Quran Quranul Kareem. The story of Nuh Some stories are not repeated, like the story of Yusuf is in one chapter but the objection initially to someone may sound valid. But when you hear the response, you will understand why this strengthens the validity or the belief of a believer in the Quran. That is that this Quran, when, was, when a story is recited, whether that story is the story of Musa alayhis salam or uh, Isa alayhis or any of the prophets, the Quran is recited. They are challenged, meaning the non-Muslims were challenged, that if you believe this is man-made, then you recite the same story with a different style that can equal the recitation of the Qur'an or that which is more eloquent than what we have recited. And they were unable to do so. So the Qur'an revealed multiple chapters with the same story in different methods. when you read the story of Musa A.S., in Surah Al-Baqarah, it is different to the way it is recited in Surah Taha or Surah Al-A'raf. And when you recite it in Surah Al-A'raf or Surah Taha, it is different to the way it is recited in Surah Al-Qasas. So this showed the Arabs that this speech is not from a human being. Additional to that, the information which is given in different recitations may vary some points that were mentioned in one restation of the same story will not be mentioned again in another story. So the additional uh, objection they place, they say the Quran is then plagiarized from the Bible. So initially to a novice, this may seem like a valid objection, but someone who reads the Old Testament and then they compare the Old Testament with the Qur'an, they will, they will notice a great difference between the two. For instance, the narrative, the story of Lot, Lut alayhis in the Bible, it ascribes incest to him, while billah, likewise to Nuh alayhis the Old Testament ascribes that Nuh alayhis was drunk and had no clothes on. These type of, types of ascriptions are given to the prophets alayhimus the Quran refuted these types of claims and the Quran said those scriptures have been tampered why because the previous scriptures were revealed but the responsibility of preservation was left with the scribes and the pharisees and the priests but they tampered the scriptures but the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised the pres- preservation of the Quran that he will create the means by which the Quran is preserved so this claim of plagiarism does not stand to criticism because when you do a cross comparison of the stories how they are related in the quran and how they are related in in the bible they are totally different so this brings us to the additional miracles of al Al karim firstly we have the miracles of composition and how the quran is composed from beginning to end meaning it's a linguistical miracle but it being a linguistical miracle, non-Muslims or non-Arabs will say, this uh, linguistical miracle is specific to Arabs. Only Arabs can understand this. But the response to that is, that the Qur'an has a ruh, a spirit, that when the Qur'an is recited, whether a person understands the Qur'an or does not understand the Qur'an, the Qur'an will affect the listener, will affect the heart of the listener, will affect the mind of the listener. This is why some of the Theologians have said that anyone who has heard the Quran being recited, that is the Iblagh, meaning that the message of Islam has reached them. Irrelevant to whether they understand what is being recited or not. Why? Because then it becomes an obligation upon them to uh, to inquire regarding this speech which was recited because of the effect, the spiritual effect of the Quran on the hearts. But I will give a summary of some of these linguistical aspects which a person uh, can appreciate. The Quran challenges the disbelievers, the pagans in Mecca Al-Mukarramah that if you believe this Quran is a forgery, then bring, uh, initially the challenge was 10 chapters like this Quran. They were unable to do so. So the Quran then said, bi min that bring a chapter equal or similar to the chapter of the Qur'an. The shortest chapter in al karim kareem is Surat Al-Kawthar. So Sur- Surat Al-Kawthar, which is three verses, those three verses, if the Arabs, the pagan Arabs could compete with the Qur'an or challenge the Qur'an, all they had to do was compose three verses which could challenge the Qur'an. Instead, they resorted to violence. So instead of composing and remember these were arabs who had proficiency and eloquence in their language they were unable to meet the challenge of al-quran al-karim al kawthar someone may say three lines should have been easy for them the response is that suratul kawthar firstly consists of only 10 words the the three verses are only 10 words all they had to do is bring 10 words in an eloquent fashion and challenge al Quran Al Karim. when they did attempt their speech was a mockery uh, people made a mockery of their speech uh, they made a mockery because the speech carried no real meaning no depth so in meaning the entire chapter was 10 words composed in three lines and if someone studies Suratul Al-Kawthar in depth, they will realize from each verse, a person can take over 12 different meanings. So in total, over 38 different meanings from just 10 words, meaning this was the depth of the Quran. But each chapter of the Quran had its own unique style and unique eloquence. You can say that some verses of the Quran are more eloquent than others. Likewise, you can say some chapters are more eloquent, but the entire Quran is eloquent. But there are some verses and some chapters which will have more eloquence. But the pagan Arabs were unable to meet this challenge. So they resorted to violence. And remember, the Muslims in Mecca al Mukarramah did not have arms, they did not have a state, uh, a city, uh, an army. That was later. All the pagans had to do was counter Al Quran al karim but they were unable to do so. So, in Makkah al-Mukarrama, the majority of the Quran was revealed. In Makkah al-Mukarrama, Surah Yusuf was the entire chapter was revealed in Makkah al-Mukarrama. Surah Al-Kahf was revealed in Makkah al-Mukarrama, and these were chapters that they could not counter. They could not, so they made claims regarding the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu wasallam, and the claims were contradicting. Some of them would say a poet. Others would say a magician and others would say a madman but these claims are contradic- uh, contradictory so the claims were not substantiated and then some of them said he learns the, these stories from the non-Arabs but the Quran countered this claim saying that this Quran is in Arabic, the language that you claim is a non-Arabic language and while the Quran is being revealed and recited in the Arabic tongue. So Suratul Al-Kawthar, which was the shortest chapter, they were unable to counter Suratul kawthar Likewise, the one of the linguistical aspects of Al-Quranul is that one verse, the lingu- the people of language they could take at so many points of rhetoric. For instance, in the Quran. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta describing the Ark of Nuh Alayhi Salaam says وَقِيلَ يَا أَرْضُ بْلَعِي مَاءَكِ وَيَا ثَمَاءُ أَقْلِعِي وَغِيضَ الْمَاءُ وَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ وَاسْتَوَتْ عَلَى الْجُودِي وَقِيلَ بُعْدًا لِلْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ One verse. From this verse, the scholars took over 30 points of rhetoric, more than 30. Ibn al-Usbu'i wrote an entire book of how many points of rhetoric are taken from this one verse. Likewise, in law, you will find in Surah al-Baqarah, a verse which is composed of 32 words, around 30 to 32 words. And the verse contains nearly 30 rulings. I mean, 30 words to 30 rulings in one verse. That verse, which uh, I mentioned with regarding the uh, story of Nuh al-Saddam, brings us to Another aspect of Ajazul Qur'an, the miraculous aspect of the Quran. This one verse, aside from the linguistical miracle, the verse states regarding the Ark of nuh was al Al that this Ark of Nuh salam, it was it landed where? On the mount known as Al Judi. That's all the Quran states, one word Al Judi for hundreds of years people attempted to discover the ark or the remnants of the ark of Nuh in the bible in the old testament we find a reference that the ark of Nuh stopped at a mountains known as Ararat the Ararat mountains which are in Turkey the areas of Turkey which are populated by Kurdish people so Christians were unable to find the exact location of the ark. They knew that there is a set of mountains which the Bible mentions. A Turkish pilot was flying in the 1960s for map making for the government and he found an impression on the side of a mountain. The impression, and he of course took photos of the impression, and the impression seemed like a boat. So then archeologists descended to the location and they found the remnants of a boat. Remnants in what sense? The imprint of a boat on the ground and the remnants of iron, meaning iron which is used for the nails. And an exact diagram was drawn of the boat, meaning what type of boat was it, what size, and even anchors of the boat were found. What mountain was this? The locals, Kurdish people, told them that this mountain is known as al judi and that location is still uh, open to the public today in Turkey that people can go and visit the remnants of what is the Ark of Nuh which has uh, remnants of the the nails and people can go and look I mean the iron but the Quran states ala Alwahin wa dusur." look at the preciseness that we carried him in Suratul Al-Qamar, we carried him, meaning Nuh, Salaam, and a boat made from Alwah, wood, and dusr. Dusur is iron, met, iron nails. And the discovery showed that this boat was made from wood and iron nails. So they found with using archeological method- methodology, they found the remnants of um, iron, and they drew the exact diagram. Likewise, they found the anchors Of the boat, ancient style anchors made from rock. But the Quran simply states, Bismillahi ala majareha wa mursaha. That the the Quran states, Bismillahi, in the name of Allah, meaning He said when the boat uh, was on the sea, uh, in the water, majareha, on its flowing. So note, uh, the word majareh is written as majrah. In one qirah, it is majrah. But in qiraat it is recited as majireh, to give the feeling that the boat is moving, majirehah. But when it states wa mursaha, it was still, the Qiraat the is not mursahah, it's mursaha, meaning firm. Meaning even the Qiraat have a subtle uh, indication towards what is meant in the Quran. But mursah is from arsa, referring to the anchors, the deep anchors that were placed. So when Nuh, a tawat 'ala al-judi he stopped on al-judi note the word istawa is to rise that uh, and it also means when something lands so or seats itself so when it seats itself istawa tawat 'ala al-judi the boat was on the side of the judi mountain and if you look at the pictures of the remnants of the boat it is a, a graphical description found in al-quran al-karim this is Just found in that one verse, likewise, the Quran throughout describes the ark of Nuh as ayah, a sign. We will notice that the the word ayah is used sometimes for those things which are visible. One of those things, which is visible today is that people can go and see the body of Fir'aun, which I will mention later. But another aspect here of the miraculous Quran is the law, the, the Sharia law. Now of course today there is a war against Sharia law, but how was the Quran miraculous in the law? that an Arab people that had no law prior to the revelation of al Quran al- Karim within 23 years they had complete legislation, a, a, a complete reformation that they were able to govern. So not only were they conquerors, they conquered other lands, they were also governors. So this law which is found in Al-Quran Kareem, of course, uh, many people object to the Sharia law and what is found, the the laws that are found in the Quran, and I have responded to those objections in other lectures. But the the purpose or the point of this uh, exact uh, claim is that the Sharia, the law that is found in al quranul Karim, reformed a rebellious Arab people within 23 years that legislation they were able not only to conquer other countries they were also able to govern this is only through the Qur'an the revelation of al quranul Karim. so when the Qur'an was being revealed there were things that the Qur'an foretold or we would say prophesized the Qur'an told uh, those things which in the lifetime of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that occurred, but likewise the Quran tells us about things which are occurring today, and things which will occur. One of those is that the Romans and the Persians had a war. In that war, the the Persians defeated the Romans, and because the Arab polytheists were polytheistic in belief they sided with the Persians and the Muslims because because of revelation, common revelation that we refer to the Christians as Ahlul Kitab, people who previously had scriptures, even though they tampered the scriptures, the Muslims sided with the Romans. When the Romans were defeated, the Quran, the Surat Al-Rum was revealed in Al-Quran Al-Kareem, which mentioned Ghulibati Al-Rum, that Rum has been dominated in this particular battle. But what does the Quran state Firstly fi adnal ard that they were defeated al ard adna is the lowest point of the earth now this uh, exact wording again fi al ard I will not go into this but if you do some research you will find that the lowest point on earth is actually found in Jordan so the dead sea the lowest point on earth fi adnal ard mean look at the exact description even though the roman army was defeated in asham so they were defeated in asham what does the quran state wa hum that after this defeat what shall happen sayaghlibun they shall defeat the the persians سيغلبون. so the quran now has told the uh, pagan arabs that after this defeat the roman empire shall defeat the persian empire in a few years بِدْعِ The word بِدْعِ is three to nine years What happened? Nine years later After the Hudaybiyah Agreement The Romans defeated the Persians At exactly nine years later And the word بِدْعِ is three to nine This occurred in the lifetime of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And there is a famous story regarding Sayyiduna Abu Bakr as siddiq radiyallahu anha where Sayyiduna Abu Bakr as siddiq radiyallahu he made a bet prior, to bet prior to gambling being haram in Makkah al and he won the bet with Umayyah bin Khalf and then Umayyah passed away and then Sayyiduna Abu Bakr as siddiq radiyallahu an took the money from his offspring. Uh, the bet was made of course, prior to gambling being prohibited. So likewise, uh, when Hudaybiyah occurred, some of the companions were grieved that they cannot enter Makkah Al-Mukarramah and perform the Umrah. So the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu alayhi Surah Al-Fatih was revealed. Also, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala informed the believers, الْمَسْجِدَ That you shall surely enter Al-Masjid Al-Haram. اللَّهُ Aminin, if Allah wills with not only entering Makkah al and al Masjid al Haram, that you shall enter in a state that you shall be in peace, meaning the polytheist would be unable to harm you. At that time it seemed impossible, but the prophecy of the Quran occurred as foretold in Al Quran al Kareem. Likewise, when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam wallahu ya'simuka minan nas allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you from the people this some people may say there is nothing major in this but the response is when this was revealed the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam called out to the companions who were guarding him with swords and he ordered them to leave no one would carry out the protection of the messenger of allah considering how approachable he was at one point the messenger of allah وسلم, went on a ghazwa and a battle expedition and they reached a valley and the companions scattered and some of them went under trees to find shade and the messenger of allah sallallahu lied down under the shade of a tree and a polytheist came an Arab bedouin with this he took the sword from the branch because the sword was hanging off the branch and he threatened the life of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying who will protect you now the messenger of Allah وسلم, said Allah so the sword dropped from the hand of the man a famous incident and the messenger of Allah وسلم, took the sword and said who will protect you now and the man then said that you are such a person that you will never take retribution and the Messenger of Allah allowed him to leave and the man then took a vow never to undertake any war against the Messenger of Allah So this in itself that the Quran gave a promise you will be unharmed no one was able to harm the Messenger of Allah in battle or with swords or anything of that nature so likewise uh, these are things that have occurred, but someone may say what things are occurring today that the Quran tells us? For instance, the uh, in Surah Al-Isra, which is chapter 7, uh, 17 of al al kareem also known as Surah Bani Israel. If you read the first 12 verses, it tells us regarding the dominance of the state of Israel. And also, ardi that you should cause corruption on the earth twice. Once has already occurred, and the second one is occurring today. Additional to that, the Quran foretold in that same chapter that the believers shall take the city of Jerusalem, and they shall take the city of Jerusalem for a second time. Both of these things are mentioned in Surah Al-Isra or Surah Bani Israel. But around the time when the Zionist movement was founded uh, by Theodore Herzl and his consp- fellow conspirators in the late 1800s, even though it was a theme that was building up to a formalization of Zionism in 1897, around that time, I think around 1890, the body of a foe of humanity was founded. Whose body was that? That was the body of Firaun. Many of the scholars have identified Fir'aun as Ramesses II. And the Quran foretold regarding the discovery of the body of Fir'aun and the preservation of the body of Fir'aun. That when Fir'aun was drowning, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala addressed him, that, bi badanika, That today we shall preserve your body. This word, very precise, we shall preserve uh, 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 we shall save you, how? Save you in what sense? Bibadanika with your body. Why? لِتَكُونَ لِمَنْ خَلْفَكَ آيَةٌ In order that you, لِتَكُونَ, you or Fir'aun, become for those who come after you. آيَة, a sign. Note the same word, ayah is used for the Ark of Nuh A sign, a visible sign. So Fir'aun became a visible sign in the late 1800s around the same time when Theodore Herzl attempted to bribe Sultan Abdul Hamid II with gold coins to buy the land of Palestine, the enemy of Bani Israel was found, Fira'un, meaning as if to say that the corruption that Fira'un caused on earth do not cause the same corruption. So this corruption is foretold in Al-Quran al-Kareem. Also in Surah Al-Hashar, if someone studies Surah Al-Hashar and verses of Surah Ali Imran, there are many verses which foretell the establishment of uh, the state of Israel. So, and the discovery of the body of Fir'aun. Another example is the Surah Surah Tabbat Yada. Tabbat Yada was revealed in the lifetime of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Abu Lahab was condemned. Now all Abu Lahab had to do was to say, I believe in Islam. By accepting and, and acknowledging Islam, he would contradict Islam because the Quran foretold that he will go to hell, meaning as a disbeliever. But he lived for many years after. So to contradict Islam, all he had to say was, I am a believer, I believe in you. And this would contradict the very revelation of the Quran and the Qur'an uh, according to them would become a mockery and uh, people would uh, make a, a joke of the Qur'an but this was impossible because it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Suratu Abu La, Suratu Tabbat, Tabbat Yada wa This chapter establishes the truth of the Qur'an that the chapter was revealed in Makkah al-Mukarramah and Abu Lahab lived for many years after but yet he was unable to just say, I accept Islam and contradict Al-Quranul Kareem. In Al-Quranul there are other miraculous aspects like the Rasmul Quran, the way the Quran is written. Now, of course, we do not have ample time to go through all of that, but even Rasmul Quran, the orthography of the Quran has a very subtle science. Like in Suratul Kahf, meaning when Khidr addresses Musa السلام, and the word (able) is changed three or four times meaning when Musa السلام, his patience decreases the way the word is written is shorter meaning each time the word shortens so initially Musa had more patience so the word is written complete then When the patience of Musa decreases, the word is written with less letters. When it decreases further, it is written with less letters. When it decreases further, it is written down with less letters. These are subtleties of Al-Quranul Kareem, which are known as Rasmul Quran or the orthography of the Quran. Likewise, Sigatul Quran, the way the words of the Quran, uh, the, the form of the words of the Quran, of course, a few examples before I finish, because Alhamdulillah, we still have live stream of Tarawih here in the Masjid. The word Malik, if you notice in Surah Yusuf Ali the word Fir'aun is not u- utilized for the King of Egypt, even though generally speaking, the King of Egypt is referred to as Fir'aun. The King of Egypt is referred to as Malik. So, throughout Surah Yusuf, the king of Egypt is referred to as Malik and not as Firaun. But when the story of Musa is mentioned, the king of Egypt is mentioned as Firaun. Why this distinction? If you ask Egyptologists, they will tell you that during the period when Yusuf entered Egypt, the Hyksos ruled northern Egypt and they would not refer to their kings as Firaun, meaning an exact, precise. Uh, description just by one word. Likewise, in, in the same chapter, the word ba'ir is used for beasts of burden. Ba'ir, ba'ir, can refer to a donkey or to a mule or to a uh, to any beast of burden. It's a generic word, but the word Naqah or jamal is not used. Again, Egyptologists will tell you the reason being in that period of time when Yusuf entered Egypt, the camel was not made into a domestic animal which was used for these types of things. I mean, such preciseness in the Quran. Likewise, in al al kareem uh, where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tells us how Fir'aun addressed Haman. Haman was the chief architect. Fir'aun addresses him and says, now firstly the word Haman in the Old Testament the word Haman is used for the king of uh, for uh, the minister of the king of Babylon in Iraq from a previous age in the, uh, from the time of Ibrahim al but the word Haman in the Quran is used for the chief architect so when this if the Quran was plagiarized from the Old Testament then the Musl- the Quran would have referred to as Haman as the minister of Nimrud, but instead he's referred to as the architect of Fir'aun but if you ask Egyptologists again for the meaning of the word Haman you will find that they will tell you because hieroglyphics are a discovery that were, that was made when the Rosetta Stone was found so the, when Napoleon entered Egypt in 1797 his army found a stone which is known as the Rosetta Stone from the Rosetta Stone, they deciphered hieroglyphics. When the British made uh, when the British defeated Napoleon, one of the things that they took from him was the Rosetta Stone. So the Rosetta Stone is found in London. But the when they deciphered hieroglyphics from that, they in encyclopedias you'll find that the word Haman, according to Maurice Bouquet, the word Haman is specific for the chief architect. Likewise, in this verse, when Fir'aun addresses Haman, he says, make a fire, from, to fuel a fire, ala upon mud. So people today, they ask, how were the pyramids made? Just from this wording of the Quran, we understand that the pyramids were made from mud. Meaning people ask, how were they able to transport boulders so huge from one location to another location and be able to build huge uh, pyramids? The response is very simple, that they transported the mud and with the mud, meaning if you make a cube from wood, you place mud into the wood and you you bake the mud, a stone is made. So this is how the pyramids were made by they trans- by transporting the mud to the location, which is easier than transporting the boulders, boulders of brick, huge bricks. So, of course, there are many other aspects uh, of uh, linguistics in the Quran. For instance, in Surah Al Nahal, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the bee. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning the verse, there are two verses in Surah Al Nahal, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fasluki, that Fasluki meaning take from suluk take the pathways meaning the bee Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says subula rabbiki that, that the pathways of your lord subula rabbiki that the the pathways of your lord these pathways that the bee takes note firstly that the bee is being addressed in the feminine form why in the feminine form because we know that the worker bees are feminine likewise the pathways of your Lord, we know that bees that they once they eat from the, the pollen, they go back to the beehive and they, what comes out their stomachs is a honey, but they follow a specific pathway. And when they go back to the beehive, they perform a dance, giving the coordinates to the other bees. And then the other bees understand from the dance, the exact coordinates, and they fly off to the same area and take pollen. But note the point here, is that the note, the exact precise words of the Quran? So, likewise, there are many other examples uh, due to a lack of time. Uh, the examples, for instance, which I had was one is, دحاها, the geoid shape of the earth is alluded to with one word, destroying, of course, this flat earth theory. Likewise, the uh, Quran where Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala describes the earth as kifata the word kifata is that which attracts everything down just one word kifata very precise uh, in its uh, meaning likewise the way the moon is described as munira the word the sun is described as siraj and wahaja a burning lamp but the moon is described as qamara munira a, a moon reflecting light. The word munir is reflecting as opposed to burning. So the, very precise uh, in its wordings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We have made this Quran easy to memorize. And this is one of the miracles of Al Quranul Kareem that today the Quran is memorized by millions of young people and elderly people throughout the Muslim world. That no book has been memorized for fourteen uh, over 1400 years by millions of people. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, inna nahnu nazalna dhikra wa inna lahu That surely we revealed this remembrance, this Quran, and we will surely preserve this Quran, meaning by creating the means. So these young Hufaz of the Quran who recite and lead us in Taraweeh, they are the means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created to preserve al Quran Al Kareem. Likewise, the writing of the Quran and the scholars of the Quran. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was one last point, which is regarding the word Yaqteen, for instance. Um, the Prophet Yunus alayhis salam, when he was swallowed up by the whale, he was placed on the shore by the whale with the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in Surah al-Safat that he was placed under the Yaqteen plant. The Yaqteen plant is the pumpkin plant. Someone will think why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned the pumpkin plant? If you do your research, you'll find the benefits of the pumpkin plant and the leaves of the pumpkin plant for the skin. So if someone has been in the stomach of a whale, what do they need to protect themselves from from the insects that may bite them and take, uh, take or damage their skin one of the benefits is from the yaqteen plan, I meaning these subtleties in al quranul kareem so the, this short presentation should give us an in-depth understanding that this quran is not man-made it's very precise and every objection as i covered at the beginning that is made against the quran alhamdulillah muslims are able to respond scholars are able to respond to those objections so young people or even uh, people who are older than myself should not fall into doubt regarding the Quran because of a video of former Muslims or certain people bring those doubts and suspicions and insha'Allah, with the will and might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we will counter those doubts in future videos likewise make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, makes the means and facilitation of having all the masajid reopened that the masajid reopen, uh, that uh, all the masajid in throughout the world reopen, that we can have our congregation and carry out durus lessons uh, like this with people present in the masjid likewise make dua for those people who are preserving the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the world and our masjid also the people who are preserving this masjid the young Hafiz who comes here and leads the taraweeh, making a sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the caretaker and other people, and all the masajid throughout the UK and throughout the world. Likewise, with regard to Eid prayer, many people are asking regarding Eid prayer, inshallah, on Friday night, I shall be going live uh, on the Low Zells Road Masjid, a Facebook link, on their Facebook link from home, Uh, We are following the guidelines of social distancing. So from home, I will be going live on the Low Zells Road Facebook link, a live questions and answer session and from the Jamatya Centre also, they will uh, link on the Jamatya Facebook page also with that same questions and answers. Place your questions there and I will discuss the Eid prayer issue also in depth also. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make things easy on this night the 27th of Ramadan. Jazallahu anna Sayyidina Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam maahu ahluh. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamu salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil Alami.